everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy and blessed Tuesday, and welcome to episode 443 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast. I don't know why I said that odds, but the Welcome to Asgard podcast episode 443, where tonight we're going to continue our conversation that we have been having the last week, really, as we anticipated the likely terrible box office numbers for The Flash and Elemental, and boy oh boy did those expectations deliver with some of the worst box office numbers that we have seen for films that cost as much as these films did in, in quite a while. Likely to be the two biggest box office flops of this year, or at the very least two of the biggest box office flops of this year, so we will absolutely be talking about that. Also, yes indeed, we have crossed on YouTube 27,000 subscribers, so seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much. It really does mean a lot if you have subscribed recently, if you have been a long-time subscriber, as I say all the time, and it is true, I never expected as a teacher, as someone who does this for fun, who talks about math, and box office numbers mostly for for this channel to ever get to the point that it is right now. So seriously, it really does mean the world to me. So thank you very much, everybody, for for subscribing and for helping us to hit this this new milestone. And as many people in our fellowship often say, onwards and upwards. And uh, with all that being said, we'll say hello to some people. But I did want to let everyone know that it was suggested slash encouraged slash asked uh, at least in the Discord server, and I think it's been mentioned a couple times in other places too, about whether or not I was going to be uh, multi-streaming to Kick. That seems to be kind of the new trend these days is to stream to Kick as it is beginning to take people away from Twitch. And so because of that fact that it is indeed taking a lot of attention away from Twitch, and I've got a lot of issues with Twitch, one of the reasons why I have not been Twitch, I have not been streaming to Twitch in, in a long time is because their partner agreements are, are some of the most uh, obscure and some of the, the worst agreements that you could possibly ever uh, accept, that you could possibly ever uh, assent to. And ever since I found out about them, I remember I tried really hard to try to, you know, get numbers up over there and, and to see if we could make a presence over there known. But the actual way that they treat their content creators is so abysmal that once I saw that and I noticed that really not a whole lot of people were over there anyway, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm done with this. You know, screw this. I'm all for trying to offer myself and offer the chat and offer the the content in as many platforms as I can. I don't want to isolate anybody. I know there's a lot of people that are hardcore against uh, YouTube, hardcore against some of these other social, you know, alt social media uh, platforms as well. But if you are interested in Kick or if you have a Kick account, I have now multi-streaming to Kick as well. So I'm on Kick, Twitter, Odyssey, Rumble, and of course on YouTube as well. So whichever platform you prefer, you have those options available to you. It's kick.com slash OMB reviews if you have any interest. But let's go ahead and say hello to the people in the chat. Again, tons of stuff to talk about today. Also, a mini review of Extraction 2. I saw someone in the live chat ask about that, and I have seen it, and so I will give my initial thoughts on it as well. Kinkane Rumsky, what is going on? He is on Rumble, and he tried to say, did you see? Did you move to a mansion? No, I talked about this on a stream the other day, that I am now in a new office, so still the same house. This used to be our kitchen downstairs. So we had a, an old Airbnb, and in the old Airbnb, it was essentially two apartments. And so you had the top and bottom floors. They both had kitchens since they were standalone apartments um, as Airbnbs. And so since we weren't really 
wanting or needing to use this second kitchen, we got it ripped out and established an office since we know baby Thor is going to have to be moving from his nursery uh, in the next few months as we make way for for baby girl because baby girl is going to need the nursery. And so uh, baby Thor is going to be taking over the old office. So we're still in the process of getting things moved. Things look somewhat clean and crisp right now, but I just actually got another Blu-ray shelf in the mail because there's still tons of movies that didn't even have space on this shelf. Um, that I have to put up, and then there's also tons of books and other things too. I don't know where we're gonna fit it all, but uh, we're gonna try to uh, to make it work here. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm yeah not in a mansion by any means. I'm I'm just in a renovated kitchen space um, that has been here for for quite a bit, uh, but was not actually able or had time to move or go anywhere because. Obviously, as a teacher, it's it's hard to do so. By the way, if we at any point do lose signal, uh, it's going to be because there are storms moving through the area. Everything seems to be okay, but we've had a lot of rain from the storms. When I was picking up Baby Thor, for instance, it was just downpouring. It was kind of crazy. Uh, so if we lose connection at any point, that would be why. Um, because we do have the habit, for some reason, of, of losing power on occasion. Whenever it storms, especially, even if it's not too, too terrible. So... Uh, in advance, I apologize if that does happen. Let's see, we got Orange Hat Reviews hanging out over on YouTube. Thank you very much for being the king of the mods over there. Please make sure to follow his, in you know, follow his instructions. Very, very simple instructions here. Don't spam. Don't be a jerk. Don't curse. We like to keep things family-friendly. We're a family-friendly channel. Uh, we got Keely Chow in the chat. What is going on? And she asks, how are you, Thor and Freya doing? Freya is out having dinner with a friend. Uh, Baby Thor is doing quite well at this point. Keely Chow, also congratulations on 27K. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Orange Chat Reviews also. Raise your glasses and congratulations to the Allfather Skull. May you reach 27,000 more. Hey, that would be cool. If, if it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, that that's fine too. You know, as I always say, it is a lot of fun. Uh, I, I do this because it is fun and... When it stops being fun, that, that's when I will stop. That's when I will hang up the boots. But so far, so, so good. So far, it has uh, been a blast. Kimberly G, what is going on? Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a member on the channel. Dan Crane, who is a member, says, Hail Odin the family. Hail the OMB Fellowship. Update on your plushie sale. I ordered mine. Dan Crane, yes, thank you. Uh, thank you very much for mentioning that. Yeah, because I mentioned this on the OMB Report stream this morning. So if you were listening to the OMB report on my second channel, the OMB reports, we were talking about news and politics more specifically. I had given this update at the very end, uh, and it was because people had 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 told me to, to check it out. But anyway, as you can see, we indeed hit the goal. So seriously, thank you so very much. If you are one of the persons that was able to buy one of the plushies, they're still available for the next 10 days, but we have reached the goal of 200. Uh, units and so that means that it will indeed go into production so thank you so very much for that it really does mean a lot and uh and yeah so again check that out uh if you have not already on makeship.com just put in omb reviews or crusader plush and it will show up pretty quickly so lots of things to celebrate today so thank you very much dan crane for asking and i appreciate your support McRib Prime, what's going on, good sir? He tried to say, uh, mate, WBD stock drops almost 5% today and a staggering 17% stock drop since the Flash reviews went public a week ago. Thoughts? I don't know too much about stocks, but I can't say I'm surprised. You have a, a, a multiple hundred million dollar film, all right? Again, they're admitting that it costs $220 million, but there are others who have sources saying that it costs closer to $300-plus based on what I saw and based on the typical way that these movies 
cost over time, especially after delays, I believe very firmly that 300 probably is, is a much more accurate number when it comes to budgets. And when your film is making as little as it is, roughly 130 to 140 million worldwide in its opening, after so many years of buildup, after so much marketing, you know, the amount of marketing that they spent on it was clearly a lot with all of the trailers and all of the ad spots, etc. And the fact that this movie is doing as poorly as it is, I know there are some reports out there saying it would lose upwards of $300 million. I don't know where people are getting those metrics from. My assumption is they are assuming the budget cost X amount and that budget, you know, the, the, the marketing cost X amount. And they're not using actual reported data. If you're using just the reported data from, from the budget and what a typical marketing for a film would be, the, the losses on this movie are not going to be $300 million based on those factors. Now, if they update those numbers or if we start to get more official reporting on you know more accurate uh, budgetary numbers or a, an actual number for, for marketing as well, then maybe we can have that discussion. But at this point in time, it's probably looking closer to, again, based on the numbers we have available to us, no inside sources here, closer to probably 150 plus million dollars or so, which is still a lot. It's one of those things where it's like, if we're fighting over how much money a film is going to lose, we're kind of missing the forest for the trees, right? Because ultimately, if you have not only a financial failure, not only a film that's going to lose money, but especially a film that's going to be a 100 plus million dollar loss, once you get to that point, it really doesn't matter how much above 100 million you get because that that's abysmal. And when you have a company like Warner Brothers or Disney, where you have multiple $100 million losses in a row, okay, that's when you start to see stock price going down, tanking. I, I really hope that this is the wake-up call that the stockholders need to try to start holding people's feet to the fire, because if losing money in this type of way, in this large quantity is not enough to move the needle, is not enough to actually do something, I honestly don't know what would be. But yeah, couldn't happen to a nicer company in Warner Brothers. Let's see. Thanos Felicitas. What's going on? Thanks for being here this morning. But indeed, indeed, it's been way too long. He says, long time no see. Missed you, man. How you been? I've been doing great, man. I don't know if you saw, but I, I'm in the new office here. It's it's great. Uh, great Wuda, what is going on? Welcome back. Uh, he also asks, are you planning to watch Extraction 2? So yes, I have. And my mini review is this. I think the movie is overhyped. The movie is fine. I think that as a Netflix movie, it's appropriate. Um, it's not a movie that I would have wanted to spend the time or the money to go see in a theater. And it ultimately comes down to the action sequences are fun at times, but it kind of falls into the trap that a lot of these clearly bigger budgeted um, Netflix, straight to Netflix, straight to streaming service movies fall into, which is you can always tell that they are using CG elements, that they're using blue screen, green screen elements, and there's just something unnatural. Now, don't get me wrong, it's nothing near as bad as what we see in a movie like The Flash, but it's a noticeable enough thing for me where it just it's a very it's very bothersome. In addition to that, I don't think there's a lot of development of the characters. I think the characters are rather two-dimensional. I think that they don't really have a lot of backstory, or at least enough backstory, or at least it's not presented in a way to make it feel like it is like you're going to attach yourself to any of the actual characters themselves. 
And I think that that's an important thing. You know, I know that people will ultimately try to go back to the old argument, and you know how much this argument drives me nuts of, well, it's not meant to be a thinking person's movie. Just, you know, shut up and watch it and enjoy. It's like, well, how is that any different than any of the mainstream media and any mainstream Hollywood saying, just shut up and consume, shut up and consume? No, we should be able to consume and have fun, but also there should be enough for us to be able to bite our teeth into. So if you've enjoyed the film, hey, I'm glad that you were able to enjoy it. I, myself, I, I I didn't think it was that great. I have no desire to see it again. I enjoyed the first movie a heck of a lot more. One of the things the first movie had that this movie did not was that dynamic between Chris Hemsworth and, and the kid, all right? Like the teenager in the movie, in the first movie, that made the stakes feel real. The relationship that was built between them in that movie, in the story, worked really well. This film, honestly, it felt like, hey, the first one did really well, and some people want a sequel. Let's just go ahead and put one out. That's that's what it felt like. And, hey, they were able to put some good action sequences in there. Don't get me wrong. I think the stunt sequences were pretty good. I, I think that in the Raven Awards for next year, Extraction 2 is going to get a lot of nominations for Best Stunt Work. And I'm totally fine with that. Hey, kudos to them. They did a great job. Um, but I think that there's still just, again, there's just a lot of stuff not quite there. Uh, over on Rumble, Kikane Rumshki tagged and said, I got a kick out of the fact that Twitch has competition. I know, right? Isn't that fantastic? Abomination hanging out over on Odyssey. What's going on, Abomination? Thank you for being here. And again, if you have a comment or question, no matter what platform you're on, whether you are on Kick, whether you're on Rumble, Odyssey, YouTube, wherever it is, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment, at Odin. It lets me know that you're trying to get my attention, and it lets me know to read your comments. You do not have to super chat or donate or anything like that. If you want to, hey, it's much appreciated. Uh, however, I do ask that if you want your comments read, that you put at Odin. It's it's a very small price to pay. You're just typing at Odin, and that will allow, on my end, me to see. It, it highlights a beautiful little orange on my screen, and it lets me know. It lets me know. It also lets me know that you watch the, the show and you actually uh, listen to what I have to say and you care. It means a lot. It really does mean a lot. Anyway, we got General Wingster. What's going on, brother? He says, I got a new job offer yesterday, and now just waiting for the callback. So what's new with you? Well, congratulations, General Wingster. Good luck. We'll be praying for you, man. That is awesome. J.S. Pena, ahoy. Ahoy to you. Physics Channel with Kenny Lee. What's going on? Welcome back. Double back again is in the chat. Oh, what's going on? Fred Farkle in the chat. What's going on? McRib says, evening all, Father. Evening to you. Your patriot, your average patriot nerd is in the chat. He is a member. He says, hail chat, hail Odin. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Uh, Hardwick, tagged to say, I hope that the Flash would flop, but thought that the Michael Keaton factor would make it a hit. I'm glad to be proven wrong. Yeah, and a lot of people, right, were saying that Michael Keaton was going to drive a lot of butts into the theater. And I think even I was like, hey, I would not be surprised if the vast majority of people who are going to see, right, the vast majority of people who are going to see a movie or rather, are going to see this movie, are probably going because of Michael Keaton, right? He is absolutely a factor, but he's not going to be enough to be able to, to make it a hit. I mean, let's be honest here. Unless you're a fan of 89 Batman, unless you're a fan of Keaton's other work, Michael Keaton's not going to really move the needle for you. If you're just a generic movie fan, and you're like, oh, wait, that was the guy that was in this movie? Oh, I guess I kind of liked him in that. That's not going to be enough, really, to move that needle. And so that's why when especially those early projections started coming in with based on everything we knew about the project, based on the people involved, based on the tracking and the history of DCEU properties, especially 
it was, I again, I, I wasn't saying it early on because, as you all know, I like to have the data in front of me before I actually make any analysis because I think it's important to have that data. But because of that happening, I, you know, I was thinking in my gut, though, I'm like, I think this movie's going to be a pretty big flop. I don't think this film is going to be as much of a hit as some people are, are saying that it is. And basically, once those early reviews started coming in and they were mixed, that's when I kind of knew. I was like, oh, boy, things are about to get really, really nasty. Let's see, GMonkey76, what is going on? And King Kane Rumshi tagged over on Rumble and said 350 times 2.5 is 875 million. Uh, but again, the reported budget for The Flash was $220 million. So it's it's the budget times 2.5 that is the break-even. That's the break-even point that I specifically use. So unless they themselves, the studio that is, has actually updated their budget, then it's $220 million, all right? Now, it's funny because if you go to a site like... <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, here's the reason why you should never, ever, 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 ever use Collider as a source. This, this to me, this, <laughs> this, this is hilarious. All right, never use Collider, people. It says, with a production budget of $200 million and an advertising budget, budget of at least $65 million, full stop. Where are they getting that $65 million from? Like, even, even I, when I look at that $200 million number, I know the vast majority of films historically will spend about whatever half their budget is, add that to the budget. That's the marketing cost. So typically, 1.5 times the budget, that is going to be the total spending on the film budget plus marketing. Now, there are many who, who will talk about how we've gotten a lot more reports on, on marketing data, and a lot of these bigger films are spending a lot more on marketing than in days past. But the fact that they get to 65 makes no sense to me whatsoever. There, there is no data to support this. Now, so you, again, people can argue that my factoring is out of date, and I'm willing at least to engage in that conversation. But with these people at Collider, are you kidding me? Where in the world are you getting $65 million from? You don't even have a source on that. And again, it's always been the rule of thumb that at minimum, they're spending 1.5 times the budget in total. $65 million? Are you kidding me? It goes on to say, The Flash must make around $265 million to 200 to sorry, 265 to 400 at the global box office to break even. We're inclined to believe it's closer to 400, but that's not been confirmed. So not only do they get the, the budgeting factoring completely wrong here, but then they get the break-even point completely wrong too. And again, if you're using faulted data when it comes to your marketing, it makes sense that you're also going to get a, a problem there too. But seriously, wait a minute. You think $400 million is going to be the break-even point on the high end? Oh, no, 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 no. At a budget of $220 million, which is right now what has been reported, you're looking at a break-even point of well over 500, around 550 million. And that's a minimum, all right? That's on the conservative side is 550 million. There's no way this movie is getting to 550. So we already know this movie is going to be a massive flop. The question at this point is how much of a flop? And based on the numbers that we're getting, and I did the data on this too, right? Most films globally tend to make about a third of their entire box office. That's the average. So obviously that's not the rule, but on average about a third in their first weekend globally. And so if you take the $140 million, roughly the $140 million in its global opening weekend, and it did open in the vast majority of markets, some of the reasons why you might see films 
make uh, more or less could also be dependent upon whether it gets a worldwide release or whether it gets a staggered release. But just based on that data, and again, this new data point that I've recently discovered after looking at past movies, you're looking at a film that might, might break $400 million. Might. And that would require it to have a very strong hold in week two. It would require it to continue to have holds throughout the entirety of its run. And based on the numbers we're seeing right now, based off of the reactions from the audiences that we're seeing, that, that's just not going to happen. So, the, yeah, these numbers are absolutely abysmal. And, yeah, Collider, you are trash. Oh, my goodness. How do you still have any ability to run? That's what I want to know. But again, 200 to 220 million is what has been reported. Now you have other channels that might be reporting a higher budget, but most of the time that's going to be because they claim to have sources. Now I'm not saying they're lying and I'm not saying that their sources are unreliable, but what I am saying is that it's not official data. And I try to only, I try to only work with official data. If there's times in which there are assumptions that I can make because of different historical standards, you know, I will make those exceptions, but I will always make a note of it, especially on my charting. But ultimately, for instance, if the budget's not being reported, but we know, okay, this is the kind of movie from this studio. Here's what they've spent on this kind of movie in the past. We can make assumptions. Those are the kinds of things I'm talking about. But until we get a, an official report that this budget was more than the number being reported, I'm not going to be able to run with that. Now, again, I firmly believe, subjective opinion, I firmly believe the film costs a lot more than the 220 they're saying, but we don't actually have that data yet. And, and it's, you know, I don't have any sources, so I'm, I'm not going to use sources that I don't have. And even if I did have sources, I would still not necessarily trust them because that's just the kind of person that I am. I'm a very skeptical person. Who would have thunk the critic who's a cynic is skeptical. Victor Fontaine, hail to you. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you as well. Yeah, Orange Chat, I'm right there with you, man. Kick sold out by allowing uh, prawn girls to peddle their flesh there. Yeah, um, and that's the reason why I was uh, holding off on, on going on that platform for so long. And that's the reason why I'm not pushing anyone over there. And, and I will not suggest. I will, I will very much suggest Rumble or Odyssey as an alternative if someone's done with YouTube. Kick will be the very last thing that I ever support in that regard. But a couple of factors. One... If there are people who are over there, I want them to at least have the option. And two, because that is the primary content or at the very least some of the most popular content, I think it's important that we offer non-garbage tier content as an alternative. Not that it's going to make any waves, not that it's going to make a huge difference, but the fact that at least that it's there, it's offered, who knows? Maybe someone will come across it. Maybe someone will have a change of heart. Maybe someone will be impacted by it. But it's kind of that mindset of, you know, we need to be in the world, but not of the world. So I'm in the kick space, but I am not going to be a full-fledged, oh man, I'm all on team kick. Because, yeah, I agree. I think that it's disgusting that they um, that they are supporting that kind of garbage. Because that's what it is. That, that kind of content is complete and utter garbage. And it is harming um, mostly young men. It is harming mostly young men in our society, in our culture, in our world. And it is going to create a, a plethora of problems. Some of the biggest issues going on right now, whether it's in marriage, divorce, etc., a lot of it stems from the crap that they're pushing over there, for sure. So I definitely respect that viewpoint. Double back again. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Aaron, Aaron Blackmon, what's going on? Welcome. Bruce in the chat. Hail to you. 
Harwick says, did you watch Chris Gore's Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny review stream? I've not seen the entirety of it. I saw part of it, though, and yeah, he's ripping that film to shreds. And the fact that you have critics and early... I consider uh, Chris Gore to be a, a much more normal guy, uh, you know, personality, not not one of the official critic-type personalities. He's much more real. He's much more based in reality, which I like a lot about him. He's just a very down-to-earth person. So when the fact that you have critics and audiences in general, right, just regular everyday people saying the movie is trash, yeah, it, it's not looking good for that movie. I... You know, right now, early projections, and some people might be asking why I haven't talked about it. I think I'm going to try to do a video on it sometime this week, but we do have early projections for Mission Impossible, um, Dead Reckoning Part 1. And right now, the early projections domestically aren't actually very strong. Now, I have some issues with those projections because those are the same projections that have Dial of Destiny. Right now, Dial of Destiny is expected to make more in its opening weekend. Now I'm going to go out and say on a limb, hey, or not even on a limb, but I'm just going to go out and say, no, 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 no. I, I just, it would be very hard for me to see at this point Dial of Destiny somehow doing better than Dead Reckoning. Because what I see with Dial of Destiny is not a lot of hype. A, a lot of people who have seen it giving very, very cold reviews for it, right? Not, not a lot of heat behind that product, behind that project. Where on the other hand, I see Mission Impossible... And I see a lot of excitement. I see a, a lot of anticipation. And it, it just, honestly, I think that once the data starts coming in, once the box office pros start to get actual pre-sale data in amongst other factors, I would not be surprised if over the next two weeks, as we are anticipating the release of, you know, less than two weeks for the release of Indiana Jones, but as time goes on, do not be surprised if you start to see the numbers for Indiana Jones go down quite a bit and the numbers for Mission Impossible go up quite a bit. Because I think those numbers are going to invert and then some. Right now, there is potential for, and I know that I think it was Valiant Renegade who talked about this, there is a potential for Dead Reckoning Part 1 to be the Top Gun Maverick of this year. Now, does that mean it's going to make the same amount of money? I don't necessarily think so. I think that there's a lot of good stuff going on right now. A lot of uh, good information we have about the movie that is building up that anticipation, that is building up that excitement. All I know is that if I have to think about the anticipation level I had for Top Gun Maverick and the anticipation that I have for Mission Impossible, it's not even close. My anticipation for Maverick was years long. People may have forgotten this, but it was my most anticipated movie for like two or three years in a row because of the pandemic. And every year it was supposed to be coming out, it was, boom, automatically at the number one. And it wasn't because I'm a huge Top Gun 1 fan. It's because they are in real jets. They are cameras inside those real jets. And that's going to be a decent portion of the movie. I need to see that. I, I love cinematography, and I love especially when they get that creative with their projects. And I was obsessed. I wanted to see that. And it delivered. And then some. There's not that same level for Mission Impossible. I'm excited because I do like what they do. I do like when Tom Cruise does his crazy stunts in those movies, but I just don't feel like there's anything on that same level. Now they have done something very, very important, I think. And I think some, it's going to be something that's going to be very effective, not to the same degree. I think as talking Mavericks marketing was, but one of the things they've already released is that behind the scenes on Tom Cruise himself, driving cars, doing crazy traffic stunts. If you've not seen the video of him 
driving through one of the cities they're filming in. Oh my goodness. It, it's phenomenal. It, it's fantastic. Um, and, and so it is, I think going to be a very effective marketing tool to use that. Um, but I go back to it. I think that it, you know, in comparison, it could be seen as the Maverick of this year, as far as how much money it makes versus all the other films, but we'll have to wait and see the film still has to be good. And right now we don't really know. Uh, we just have anticipation at this point over on rumble. See over on rumble. King Ken Rumsey says, I think we can agree on one thing. Mario is 2.5 times better than the flash. Oh, I think that that's a, uh, that's a low balling it there. King Ken Rumsky. I mean, I'm, I'm, I didn't even like the Mario movie all that much. I said, Hey, if you're a kid or you're a hardcore fan, I can see why you would enjoy it for me. No, I need more story. And I personally don't like seeing Bowser turned into just a Jack Black caricature. That's me, though. And even I, though, not liking that movie, can recognize it is infinitely better than The Flash. Not a very hard thing to do. Let's see. Rob D says, what's up, Odin? Let's get uh, right into it. Flash and Elemental dead on arrival. Zaslav and Iger on the chopping blocks. I sure hope so. I mean, they unfortunately have just so much power and influence. To be able to get them out really isn't uh, an easy thing. It's not a very feasible thing, I personally think. Um, so for instance, just to jump into those numbers, since you had mentioned them, Rob D and again, thanks for being here. We finally got this. Now, what's interesting is that this is saying that it posted at 12.02 PM on June 18th. All right. So that means that they're claiming this article was posted at noon on Sunday. Here's the problem. I filmed my box office breakdowns on Sunday after 1 PM. Now, is this 12 p.m. local time? Are they living in L.A. and this is 12 p.m. local time? Maybe that's the case. But what I can say is this. I don't remember seeing this at all. I remember even looking for it and it didn't show up. Like, I was even looking at it. I was even looking at this or for this a couple days after. And I don't remember actually finding it. So I, I don't know if that's just my computer or my internet or whatever it is. Could just be me missing it. But it just honestly feels like they were trying to bury this a little bit. But what's interesting to me is this. It says here, as the Flash shuffles to sluggish 139 million global bow, Elemental not all wet overseas. They're always spending so much time trying to create clever puns that I don't even know if this is trying to be good or bad. Not all wet. Like, in my head, that means that it's not as bad. It's not, it's not all that terrible. And if that's what they're saying, it's like, go home, you're drunk, Nancy. Come on, Nance. You're better than this. It goes on. Uh, speeding into... Oh my gosh. Again, their, their puns are so insane. Especially when it says sped into 78 markets. I would hardly call this speeding. Grossing $75 million from those 78 markets. So on average, you're looking at a little over a million dollars per country. Opening weekend? Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, but it's it's speeding into those theaters. It's speeding into them, I sell you. Well below the 85 to 95 million dollar projection that they saw going into the weekend. With domestic slow crawl 3-day included, that makes for a 139 million global opening. Oh boy. As we are coming to the frame, there was a question mark over how deeply, oh my gosh. Once again, look how, again, you, you've now seen me talk about these articles over and over again. They're using the same language. Look at this. Deeply, the tabloid headlines. That's a gross oversimplification. 
Are you kidding me? Oh my goodness. The initial audience was ultimately more fanboy and male skewing. All right, I can't I can't take her seriously. I really can't. It goes on to say the movie went on to gross 225 million internationally. That's talking about Black Adam. Yeah, 225 million dollars internationally for Black Adam. There's just no I <laughs> just <laughs> it opened to 75 internationally. Do y'all think it's going to get to 225 internationally? I don't see it. But oh goodness. And then all the way here at the bottom, you got to scroll down a lot of information about Flash. And then finally says, like Flash, Elemental also landed on a high audience score. Let's get all the positives out of the way. Still, the $5.2 million launch in China. Yeah, because we all know that that's the harbinger of whether your film makes money or not. Oh, wait, we only get 25% of the profits from China studios? Oh, <laughs> I guess we should mention that the 75% of our profits go to you know support the CCP. Can't, can't, can't talk about that enough. Come on, Nance. Again, this week is going to get crowded in the market. The recent string of studio movie generating positive audience scores, but not converting those to box office is of more general concern as Hollywood movies aren't not resonating in the market as they used to. And this is where it just drives you nuts because they are, again, this is kind of going back into the issue that I've had with sites like CinemaScore, for instance, right? They are equating, hey, this site that tracks overall sentiment of a movie, this says that the film is being well-received. But the box office doesn't seem to indicate that. What's, wow, we can't quite understand that. What's going on? It's like, okay, well, here's the thing. Maybe those tracking sites aren't very reliable. <laughs> I mean, you know, who would have thought? Wait, sites like even Rotten Tomatoes, not reliable? <laughs> Pshaw, of course it's reliable, Right. But, you know, uh, you know, sites like CinemaScore, I mean, those have been the standard for decades. Please, spare me. Th- those, those sites have never been very accurate when it comes to actually presenting general sentiment. And also, just because the five people, hyperbole, the five people who go to see a movie, two of them or three of them happen to like it. And therefore, oh, man, two out of five, three out of five, that, that's not too bad. Or let's say those five people are just hardcore fans of Ezra Miller. And they rate it very, very high because of that. Wait a minute. That doesn't mean what it says it means. And ultimately, the problem that they don't seem to realize is that, no, no, no. We are living in the post-pandemic era. And that means people are a lot more careful with their money. And it means that if they see a movie that looks mediocre or even bad, they're not going to spend it on that. And the fact is, this is a bad movie. And the numbers and the response that we've been seeing clearly reflect that. But what would they, what would they know about facts and what would they know about data? Oh, Nance. Candy T in the chat over on YouTube. What's going on? Heading back into the chat over there. Let's see. Your average trader nerd says, congrats on 27,000. Thank you. Uh, Bruce says, I'll be able to set up my own FNT diorama. Hey, yeah. Thank you very much for buying one of the plushies. Appreciate it. I think they're pretty cool. By the way, Miss Martin Muses, thank you very much for the super sticker. Appreciate that. Thank you for the rose, as always. You're awesome. Also, Wayward Noodle, he donated $10. Let me go ahead and see if I can refresh that real quick. So, Wayward Noodle, thank you very much for the $10 donation via Streamlabs. Thank you very much for circumventing the YouTubes. They don't get a 30% cut of that donation. So, seriously, thank you very much, Wayward Noodle. Says there, so, talking to my bro, we both work in the industry. He is a way more high up than I. He mentioned that with Hollywood box office, that 100% or 85% 
could go to the creating company for the first two weeks and 15% by week three and 0% after that. Have you heard that? Well, Waver Doodle, thank you very much. This is one of the reasons why I actually use the metrics that I do because I also worked at a theater and I worked at a theater for several years and I was able to get to a position of a supervisor, was able to be in charge of marketing, but I also was someone that oftentimes would run money at the end of the day. So counting and uh, you know, you know, checking for profits, checking for discrepancies in cash registers, things like that. But I also had a good relationship with my general manager, right, the GM of the theater. And I remember talking with him. This is actually even earlier on in my time working at the theater. And I was, hey, why is it, you know, because now that I'm behind the curtain, why is it that we that we are charging so much for for popcorn? You know, we get that question a lot. And is there a way that I can, you know, maybe respond that that could help them make sense of it? And he's like, look, I'm just going to be honest. In the first two weeks when a movie comes out, we typically make almost next to nothing on ticket sales. And so, you know, this is, again, prior to the pandemic. And I know that there are some that report that this has changed since after the pandemic. But this is where my metric always comes from. And so the general idea is that most studios are able to essentially vice grip the theaters to accept these crazy deals. But hey, it ends up still being pretty profitable for theaters in the long run. So the way I was told, the way it was explained to me by my general manager was that for every $10 spent on a ticket the first and second weekend, the studio gets about $9 of that while the theater gets about one. And then the theater will make up any losses there by the fact that they're making, you know, a thousand percent markup on popcorn, soft drinks, etc. Right. So they make massive bank because they're getting a huge influx of people those first two weeks. So even though they get next to nothing on ticket sales, they're still making bank when it comes to general uh, concession stand. And that's the reason why I've always been the proponent of, hey, if you're going to do the old razzle dazzle and you're going to you know, pay for one movie, go to see another or you're going to try to double up and see two movies. At the very least, go to the concession stand and buy something, even if it's just one item. That way, the theater actually gets something because it's not until much later in the actual release that they start to get uh, much higher returns on the actual ticket sales that are coming in. So, Waver Noodle, thank you very much for sharing that, man. And hopefully, that makes sense. See, KK Rumsky over on Rumble says, Why would anyone go to see a movie where nothing gets accomplished and the main character gets lost? That's a great question. Talking there about the flash, I assume. All right, getting back to the chat. Again, we do fall behind in the chat about 20 to 30 minutes right now. The last comment that I see, or the, the comment that I'm currently on right now is 712 in the chat, 738 in real life, which means, yeah, about 20, 30 minutes behind. All right. Uh, let's see. Hardwick says, The Riot Shield fight in Extraction 2 is exactly like something I pictured in my head for years, but thought no one would ever put it on screen. And again, I think there's very good action sequences in there, but action sequences do not make a movie. You need to have a little bit more than that. Ricky Bobby, welcome to the chat. Thank you very much. My wife chose this color. The one issue I have with it is I have colored lights, but I can't use them because of the wall coloring, it it basically absorbs the light. It doesn't refract, you know, my old room, it was beige colored walls. And so because of that, it was able to refract the, the light, reflect the light much more effectively, basically change the color of the entire room. Uh, whereas with these, it just basically changes the color of my head. So not nearly as, as impactful. <laughs> Let's see, General Wingster, Odin, just shut up and watch the popcorn movie. No, I will not. I will not just shut up. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you say this to me? Great Wood says, I agree with you everything about Extraction 2, except I love the action scenes. And hey, 
I'm right there with you. I also enjoy them. Again, I do have those critiques when there are moments where I can tell that there's green screen and tell that there's, you know, CGI stuff going on. But luckily, a huge portion of it, I would say even the vast majority of it, is a lot of practical effects and a lot of very talented stunt people. And you all know, I love those kinds of, of performances. Doesn't mean that the movie's good, though. So, again, I, I appreciate y'all... Uh, I appreciate y'all uh, recommending it, though. Let's see. The Common Nerd says, I got a Kick commercial before your stream. Interesting. I didn't realize that Kick was uh, advertising on YouTube or that YouTube would even allow for a competitor to advertise for them. That's interesting. Candy Z. Let's see. Tag say, I'm not sure if I missed it, but what are your thoughts on the new Transformers movie? I really enjoyed it. CGI runs circles around the Flash. Um, so, Candy Z, thanks for being back. I have not seen it. I don't really have an interest in going to see it. I think Michael Bay destroyed the franchise and has made it essentially unwatchable for me. I have not seen one of those movies since I think the second or third one. That's how over it and how quickly over it I got. And everything that I've heard about it is mixed bag to negative. And the box office, I think the drop off that we've seen is reflecting that the movie's not very is not getting a lot of good positive word of mouth and it is likely going to end up losing money. But I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Uh, Frank G, what's going on? Welcome back. Hardwick, to me, the ending of the first extraction pretty much required a sequel. It would have been so disappointing if it was the end of Tyler Rake. But that's the thing, though, Hardwick, is that it didn't require a sequel because the ending was open-ended. There, there have been a plethora of films that have had those kinds of endings before, and I think that it actually is a service uh, to movies when they can do something like that and not follow up. When they can actually hold back. Again, if we're talking about a very well done movie with a brilliant uh, universe that's been built, a, a uh, an amazing world that needs to be expanded further, then I, again, could understand feeling frustration over that world not being continued or not being expanded. The first Extraction film, despite the fact that I do like it a lot more than Extraction 2, is still in and of itself and in its very essence a, a popcorn flick. And I understand people enjoy those movies, but there's not a lot of depth to that. And so anytime that popcorn films get sequels, you usually get less plot. You don't usually get more plot, which means that the errors and issues in the first film just get further and further enhanced in the second one. And honestly, the stakes were just not as high in this one. I, and I just also still didn't really care at all for the characters. At least the first movie had that relationship between him and the teenager. I thought that that was actually very well fleshed out, whereas the relationship that he has with almost everyone else in Extraction 2 is almost non-existent. And so it's like, oh, this person's dead, okay. That's not a good thing. That's not a good thing to have in your movie. Uh, Brightburn85, Taddy say, I said this before in another stream, but I'll say it again here. I think we're all so used to excellence in our superhero stuff that mediocrity offends us as people, so they need to do better. Um, and again, this goes for all movies. I think that all movies and all studios and all creators need to try to make the very best thing they possibly can. And I think that that's kind of the, the problem that we see in modern era Hollywood. This has been around for a long time, right? Is that type of mediocrity, as, as you put it. I think that especially when it comes to the mainstream Hollywood, what they've done is they said, oh, if we just put X name on the film, we're guaranteed to get clicks. We're guaranteed to get people watching it. And therefore, the effort is not nearly as there. Right. And so I think that you could even extend that to something like an extraction where that was a movie that came out and and it ended up doing much better than what had been expected. It got shared. People talked about it. It got a lot of attention. 
And then they said, oh, wait a minute, people like this one? Okay, well, let's go ahead and greenlight a sequel. And let's go ahead and, and, and try to push this out as fast as we possibly can, working around Chris Hemsworth, uh, you know, MCU schedule. And I think because of that, all we ended up getting was a cash grab opportunity. And, and in the case of Netflix, it makes very little sense because I don't know of a lot of people that are going to either renew or begin a Netflix subscription just so they can go and watch Extraction 2. And that's ultimately where they get their money from when it comes to these things. And I don't even know how much they, they spent on that film. In fact, let me go ahead and see if I can see if that's even being reported because that's the other issue is that this thing does not have nearly as many revenue streams as a theatrical release would have. And let's see, there is nothing reported this time as far as budgets are concerned. But based on what I saw, yeah, I, minimum $100 million. Minimum $100 million based based on the effects and based on the action sequences. And again, you're not getting the same kind of returns that you would get in theatrical with it being behind a paywall on a streaming service. If it was on PVOD, again, maybe we'd have a different discussion, but we don't really have that. Anyway, see, Michael Hill, what's going on? Tag to say, congrats on 27,000 subs. Love the look of your new office, and thank you for the rosary beads. I appreciate all you do. Hey, no problem at all, Michael Hill. No problem at all, man. Um, and uh, yeah, I was actually able to send out uh, all the recent giveaway winners on the giveaways channel on Discord. Keep it the Bifrost level and above. Members, y'all know who you are. I just put those in the mail today. And then there were two people who did rosary requests through the rosary request form on my website. And those are also in the mail. I think two of them didn't get picked up for some reason. Um, but if not, they should be picked up tomorrow. And so y'all should be getting those in the next week or two. Let us see here. Uh, Fred Farkle. Wouldn't take so long to release the film effect, uh, to release the film effect, how much they spend on marketing. I don't quite understand the question there. Victor Fontaine. Thank you for the $27 donation via Streamlabs. Says, Odin, $27 for you, 27,000. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much, Victor Fontaine. I appreciate that, man. Uh, you're awesome. Thank you for always being in the chat and being active. I love it. Over on Rumble, Kinkan Rumsky tagged and said, Wear a dark blue coat and become a floating, shining head on the special Catholic days. I, I suppose that I could do that. I suppose I could do that, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, I love you, man. Thank you. Again, if you have a comment or question on any platform, if you want me to read it, put at Odin at the very beginning of the comment. That way I know that you want me to read it. Let's see. Frank G tagged over on YouTube and said, Will the Flash be a bigger bomb than Batman and Robin? Um, I don't have the Batman and Robin numbers in front of me, but... I think ultimately just because of the amount of spending done, then there's a pretty good chance. There is a, a, a pretty good chance of that happening. Again, right now, we're looking at the film probably ending at least a minimum of $150 million loss. That ain't good. If that's your minimum loss, which means it could be even higher than that, oh no. Your average Patriot nerd, time to say, I still plan on seeing The Flash but as more of a funeral for DC. I stopped collecting the comics because of the garbage they started putting out, as well as the movies being subpar. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's also the, the important thing to recognize is I can be as harsh on these movies, including on Extraction 2, as I can, 
But my goal and my objective is not to dissuade you from spending the money that you weigh you won't spend your money because I have no control over that. All I can do is give you my honest thoughts, my honest assessments, and 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 try the very best that I can to articulate those positions to the best of my ability. Sometimes I can do that. Sometimes I might fail to do that. Um, but as as the old saying goes, you do you, boo. I, I won't I won't support it or recommend it, but I I also won't, you know, push push or try to dissuade you. Uh Hardwick says, Did you watch the Craven trailer? I did not. The best part is when he says it's Craven time and craves all over the place. Interesting. Yeah, I've not seen that yet. Um, I've heard about it. I know that Force of Light Entertainment did coverage on that. I think Michelle did a uh, trailer reaction for that, so I might have to check that out. Amazing Baking Soda at 721 says, Hi, the Flash filmic textuality reconfigures a spatiotemporal liminality in a fluxional world that engages the m- mutable modalities of reimaginable heroism. In other words, it'll lose money. <laughs> That was brilliant. That was brilliant. Say that again. The Flash filmic textuality reconfigures a spatio-temporal liminality in a fluxioid and a, and a fluxional world that engages the mutable modalities of reimaginable heroism. That's fantastic. I love that so much. Did you want me to read that quickly? Is that what you wanted? Is that what you wanted? And again, if you have a comment or question, no matter what platform you're on, whether you're on YouTube, Rumble, or Odyssey, please put at Odin. Type at Odin at the beginning of your comments or question so that way I know you're trying to, to talk to me. Shen Hong, welcome to the channel over on Rumble. I see you've been typing a lot of stuff, but again, it put at Odin like King Kane Rumsky is doing if you want me to actually read any of that stuff. It's, it's how I keep myself sane. Since I'm streaming on multiple platforms, it's the only way I can keep myself <laughs> you know, to actually have a to actually keep things on, on track with one another. Dan Blackroyd, what's going on? Um, yeah, and I think that that's true to a point, Dan Blackroyd. Um, but I do think that there are some people that have proven themselves to be trustworthy, like those people who who claim sources and you know own up to it when the source doesn't come through, or at the very least have more of a, high, a much higher percentage of being correct versus incorrect. Essentially, they're not just getting their information off of Reddit somewhere. And, and trying to run with that as a source, for instance, like there are some people that do try to do that, then, you know, I think there are some that, that you could, you know, trust. But yeah, I, I generally have that mindset when it comes to sources in general. Kimberly G says, oh, I'm seeing MI7. Yes. I think a lot of people on the channel watching right now probably will. Wayward Noodle, again, thank you for that $10 super chat or donation by Streamlash, I should say. Your average rated admission to possible will crush Indy 5. I really do. I really do think it will be. Harwood then says, Chris Gore's uh, Indy 5 review was mostly negative, but he confirmed what I hoped the opening 20-minute 1940 sequence is good and can work as a standalone short film. Yeah, I think I remember him saying that the visual effects to create a, a younger Indy were some of the best use of those effects that he's ever seen. I've seen the trailer for it, and I have to say, right now, the only de-aging, and again, I don't want to get into a debate Hardwick, so please don't go off on a tangent explaining the technology to me, but... Uh, <laughs> But all I know is that whether it's the de-aging or whether it's using deepfake technology, I don't know which one it is, and I don't really care. What I can say is the best de-aging I've ever seen, still to this day, is the first Ant-Man movie. The, the way that they are able to make Hank Pym look so much younger, it still looks very, very good. And nothing has really been able to top that yet. 
Kimberly G, who's a member, says, not sure which one will make more money this year. MI7, Dune 2, or Super Mario? MI7 and Dune 2 both have a lot of anticipation, I think. Well, the problem, here's the thing, all right? Dune 2, don't don't fall for the trap of Dune 2. MI7 has a lot of appeal, has a lot of mass market appeal. Dune, those who are already knowing about it, have already seen the first movie, enjoyed it a lot, those are the people that are the most likely to be anticipating this new one. But the issue is that Dune is still a very, when I say small property, what I simply mean is that there's not a huge market present for Dune. And and I look to, okay, the first Dune film, for instance, I know a lot of people still really like it, not really a huge box office success. I know the novel has sold very well. It's not necessarily one of the best novels of all time as far as numbers are concerned, right? So what I'm saying is that the... There is definitely a niche factor when it comes to Dune and when it comes to the audience and the potential audience that it has. The first movie, I think, made around, what, 400 or so million dollars, and I know it got impacted somewhat by, um, I think it got impacted somewhat by um, Pandemic. Let me go ahead and look up when Dune Part 1 came out. Yeah, 2021, right? So that that film did get impacted in that way um, but to a certain degree, right? But remember, that was October 2021. Just two months later, you had the billion-dollar film in Spider-Man No Way Home. So people were willing and able to go see a movie if it was able to move that needle. The first Dune did not move the needle. And I think, actually, to be honest, the biggest issue right now for Dune 2, it's actually not even close to the story. It's not the director. It's not the actors involved. You know the biggest enemy right now of Dune 2 is? It's Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers is the Achilles heel of any possibility of Dune to do well. Because if we've seen and learned anything about Warner Brothers over the last uh, several months and at this point few years, it's that Warner Brothers has no idea what the heck they're doing. They are throwing away money, wasting it. They don't know how to market their movies and they have no idea how to actually build audiences anymore. And I unfortunately believe, I think Dune... This is just a personal opinion. I think Dune's going to flop. I really think Dune Part 2 is going to flop. If it's good, and you all know, one of my favorite working directors right now in Hollywood is Denis Villeneuve. I haven't talked about him in quite a while, but he is still one of my favorite working directors right now. Um, every movie he has made has had something really good and something that I very much enjoyed. Um, and some of my favorite movies of all time are actually you know, from, from his mind. And I think that, also, at least of you know, favorite movies of the most of the more modern era of filmmaking, I should say. But Warner Brothers, I think, is a gigantic Achilles heel, and I think because of them and because of how stupid they are as a company, it would not surprise me whatsoever if Dune Two was a massive flop and a massive failure. And if it's really good, that's going to make me very, very sad. Uh, let's see, seven twenty-seven on YouTube. Uh, Orange Reviews, who's a member, says, Still to this day, I can watch Top Gun Maverick and not get bored. The score and music are also soothing to listen to for Top Gun Maverick. Agreed. Agreed. It has a lot of personality. It has a lot of rewatchability. And that's very important in today's market. When people are a lot more careful with, with what movies they go to, to see and to support. Uh, double back again in the chat. What's up? 
Let's see. Hardwick says, My Dead Reckoning hype is off the charts. The last four movies each topped their predecessor. The trailers look great. Haley Atwell, S.I. Morales, and Palm Klimatev are joining the cast. And I know that you're excited for it, Hardwick. I know. And that's why I do think I, I do think a lot of the factors you mentioned are definitely going to help it. Uh, and that's why I do believe it's going to be something like the Top Gun Maverick. I don't necessarily think it's going to make the same amount. We'll have to wait and see. The movie does still have to be good. Right? It still does have to be good. Uh, Wayward Duel says, I care as well. Yeah. I know, again, a lot of people, I think, do care about, about Mission Impossible 7 coming out. I think that's what you're talking about there. Uh, Steven, tagging to say, isn't it funny how shill articles are including Juneteenth to make it seem Flash and Elemental made a bit extra millions, but man, what a flop. And I thought my past relationship was bad. <laughs> yeah, seriously, right? And and that's what's kind of funny about all of this stuff, too. I'll go ahead and pull that up because, uh, you know, we've talked about The Flash and why that film's a flop. But look at these numbers right here, okay? Look at this. A 60% drop on Monday... So this was a holiday, right? This is this is a federal holiday here in the states. is Juneteenth, despite the historical inaccuracies, et cetera, that it might represent. Um, but it's interesting here because look at these numbers. All right, the Flash made six point one million on Monday. Guess what? Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, which has been out for eighteen days, versus the four days of the Flash. Oh wait, six point one million. The Flash barely, barely beat out. By what, $60,000? $59,000? The Flash beat Spider-Verse by only about $59,000. And then look what came in number three. Underneath Spider-Verse, Elemental. Brand new release from Disney. A Disney Pixar film. Yeah. These are terrible numbers. And yeah, the, the kind of people in the media that we have right now are the kind that would say, but look, Elemental, it only dropped 34% from its Sunday to Monday. Yeah, but look how low its Sunday was. <laughs> look how low its opening weekend was. You can have a very strong hold from, a, from one day to the next, but if your first day is abysmal and you need to make a ton of money to break even, oh no, that's, that's still not good enough. So yeah, right now, they are in a very precarious spot, both Flash and Elemental, set to be massive, massive flops. Amber Shimpot, I liked Flash, but the Bill and Ted aspect of it got a bit annoying. Yeah, it definitely did not suit that film, and it also did not suit the performance of Ezra Miller. Rob D, can you imagine Flash topping BVS and has like a 90% second weekend drop. Uh, so I guess you mean like percentage wise, I could see it. I could definitely see flash doing that, but I, I honestly feel like there is a similar sentiment. I remember when BVS came out and there was a similar mixed reaction. There were some people that really liked it. There were others like me who hated it, who, who thought it was garbage, um, who was vastly disappointed by it. And again, I know that there are Snyder fans out there, etc. I've never really been one of them. And back then, I wasn't even much into or really knowing a whole lot about the whole Snyderverse stuff um, because it really wasn't much of a thing as far as a community. I think it was beginning to build at that point. But I remember looking at those numbers and saying, all right, this movie's doing okay, but based on how much they're putting into these films, they're not making that much return on their investment um, in comparison to some other studios at the time. But it would not surprise me at all to see Flash do that. It would also not surprise me to see a similar drop or a stronger drop. But we have to wait and see. Based on these numbers right now, on holiday weekend to drop 60% on a Monday, a holiday Monday. That's definitely not a good start. That's for sure. 
Also, what's hilarious is that even though The Flash made just a little bit more on Monday than Spider-Verse, which has been out for an extra 14 days, the average, the, the per theater average for Spider-Verse was better. <laughs> so if you went to a theater and saw Spider-Verse on Monday versus seeing The Flash, you were more likely to have more people in your theater on in a Spider-Verse screening versus The Flash. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Let's see. J.S. Pena says, I unfortunately watched The Flash on Father's Day, I apologize to you, with an upset stomach and a noisy theater. Despite liking the parts with Michael Keaton, I should have convinced my dad to watch The Blackening. <laughs> I mean, at this point, yeah, you can't really do much worse. Steven, do you see Warner Brothers pulling back Aquaman due to The Flash flop? What do you predict Blue Beetle will make opening weekend? Well, here's the thing. The DCEU has been in a terrible state for several years now. And the Flash is kind of just the coup de gras. I think it's it's just it is the zenith of of mediocrity, the the zenith of how abysmal they are truly doing. So, do I think that they're going to pull Aquaman from theaters? I don't uh, at this point in time. I don't because the money's already been spent. The film's in the can. Uh, will they spend less on marketing? It's hard to say. My guess is that because these are the same studio idiots who greenlit and supported a movie like The Flash, it tells me that, okay, these are the same people that probably have the same intelligence level that would think, oh, well, you know, the first Aquaman film made a billion dollars, so, you know, this is our chance. Aquaman's going to be our ability to, to, to have a win this year. It's our last chance to have some type of financial win. I and and I don't think it's going to happen. If any film could pull out an upset, I think it would be Aquaman for the simple fact that the first film did make a billion and the first film wasn't that much better than anything else that they had put out. So clearly there was something about what that film did and how it appealed to general audiences that was able to create a success for that project. So we'll have to wait and see. Um yeah, but Blue Beetle, I I mean if the Flash, again, many years in the making, hundreds of millions of dollars into it invested, this is supposed to be one of the apex films of the entire franchise, The Flash and Flashpoint, and it's only opening $55 million domestic, I would say Blue Beetle will be lucky if it gets to 40, 40 to $50 million domestic. You might even see elemental levels, for all I know. We'll have to wait and see, though. J.S. Pena, or Across the Spider-Verse, even though he thinks that is a kid's movie. Sorry, I missed that. Oh, oh, oh talk, that was a continuation of your comment from, from previous. Victor Fontaine, 734, says, Indy gets two weekends, including the 4th of July uh, weekend. In the IMAX theaters, Mission Impossible only gets one weekend after Indy. That will impact their box office totals. Victor Fontaine, bro, okay. I don't know why. This is like the new line of thinking that so many people have been using. But I'm sorry, time spent in premium screens does not guarantee anything. Because if you have all of the time in the world in premium format screens with no competition, you still have to have people that are willing to buy those tickets. You still have to people have to have people that are willing to go see those movies. Not to mention, of course, that I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the vast majority of individual ticket sales to these movies Opening weekend, second weekend are still in non, uh, non-premium format, non-IMAX, non... So that's why I look at that and I say, that doesn't mean anything. Does it help? Yes. Does it help to have access to those theaters? Sure it does. 
You know, I've even mentioned that before in my own analysis, saying, hey, yeah, this movie is losing access to these higher price tickets. And, you know, you already have a very few amount of people going to see it. But if a larger portion is going to see it in this format, that might help. But it's still it's still not ever been able to be enough. So when I see a film like Indie versus a film like Mission Impossible, I see, okay, Mission Impossible, a higher chance of being able to have many more tickets sold in the premium format screen, whereas Indie is going to have a lot less tickets sold, even with that extra time. Extra time does not mean anything. It's basically going back to the same logic that was used uh, with, with Mario, right? People were saying, oh, the film's going to make a billion dollars because it's Mario. And again, the film did make a billion dollars, but the logic behind that is still incredibly flawed. And the best example of that is every single person that was saying that said, just wait until Japan. Just wait until Japan. And guess what? It did not do really much of anything in Japan in comparison to other Western releases. So as far as the... You know, in this comparison to the IMAX theaters, it does not mean a whole lot. Because the question is not how many weeks does it have premium screens? The the point is how many tickets in those premium screens is it going to sell? And I think all of us here would probably have to be in agreement that the number of IMAX tickets in one week for Mission Impossible is going to be higher than the two weeks that Indiana Jones gets. So let's see over on rumble. Let's get to the rumble questions. Now King and Rumsky says random question. Who is your favorite Batman actor? Hmm. Ah, I don't know about that one. To be honest, I tend to go with the kind of go-to, which is I like the voice acting uh, of Batman, the animated series. Um, and then as far as the live action goes, I think my favorite Overall, Batman is probably Christian Bale. That's because I think that those are the better movies. It's not that necessarily he's the best of them, but I also don't hate Val Kilmer either, and I know that's probably an unpopular opinion, but hey, it is what it is. But I'm definitely not very high on on uh, <laughs> on the whole Ben Affleck thing. Like The people who are like, Ben Affleck proved everyone wrong. Ben Affleck was great. It's like, what? What movie did you watch? <laughs> That's still Ben Affleck putting on a gruffy voice. It's basically George Clooney, but trying a little bit. That 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 to me is is what Ben Affleck's performance was. It was like George Clooney, where it's like, hey, that's George Clooney, or hey, that's Ben Affleck, but hey, at least Ben Affleck is trying, whereas George Clooney was like, paycheck, paycheck. <laughs> uh, Shen Hong over on Rumble says, did I see you see? Did I did you see the witch? Should I watch part two, Korean film? I'm always wary two-part movies. I've so I I've the only witch that I remember was not a Korean film. Um, so I, I can't speak to it then. But I know Korean films tend to be pretty good. Uh, at least uh, m- there's a higher chance of films from Korea these days being better than almost anything coming out. Steven tried to say if James Gunn started. Uh, started fresh with DCEU. Why is he going to continue with Peacemaker season two? Because I think he's vastly overrated. And let's be honest, he's only made one good movie. Other than Guardians one, what is a movie that he has made that you honestly fully made that you could honestly say I could watch over and over and over again. Some of you might be willing to say Guardians two and three. Three is way too dark for me to ever want to see it again. And two is for me just so pointless that I would never really ever want to see it again. One's great. One is very rewatchable. 
But other than the first one, he has not really made anything that great. So, yeah, I think it's ultimately because he is much more overrated than I think people are giving him way too much credit. JacobX76, oh, dude, what's going on? Steven Tag, not sure if you heard about the submarine chaos. I did. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, actually using a PS4 third-party controller to control the submarine. Wait, what? I didn't hear that part of it. Hardwick, this has been quite a year for Nicolas Cage. He has appeared on screen as both the most famous superhero and the most famous horror villain, Superman Dracula. Random, but yes. Ikthulu, Zaslav is not at all on the chopping block. Warner Brothers board wants him to take the dead uh, wood to the dead wood to the shed, so they will tolerate him till Superman releases. Oh yeah, I again, I was reading a comment there. I don't honestly think that any of these executives are actually at risk. The only time, the only way they will ever be at risk of losing their jobs is when the board of directors, pressured especially and really only can be pressured by shareholders, actually start to say, you need to do something about this. We are bleeding money. This is a non-profitable organization in this specific area at this point, and something needs to change. But until that happens, and that is still a long ways away, I think, I don't understand why it's taken this so long, but... Michael A., what's happening? Ode, what's going on? Steven, breaking, just announced Indiana Jones 5 is supposed to open to 60 million opening weekend. Looks like another flop for Disney, especially Lucasfilm. Yeah, and so I believe that would actually end up putting it below the initial uh, projections for it. Let me see if I can find... So the long-range forecasting that was made by Box Office Pro... Yeah, oh boy. <laughs> Basically, this is exactly where I expected. Actually, it's funny because I just said that that was going to happen. All right. So here is the old metric. All right. So Box Office Pro for Indiana Jones said it was going to make between opening weekend 68 and $102 million opening weekend. And now they've changed it where now I actually have to go uh, into. Oh, wait, they don't have it because it's only talking about Dead Reckoning. Um, but anyway, so the average of that would be what they would assume it would make roughly 80 million opening weekend. So with projections now, I'll have to check and see the source on that. I assume that is deadline. That's talking about that. Is that, is that a new number from deadlines box office? Universal touts. All right. I'm not seeing anything talking about that from, from deadline either. So I don't know where that source is, but if indeed the number is now expected to be $60 million. Yeah. You're talking about 20 million underneath tracking downward. Yeah. You could see the film end up opening either at flash levels or worse. And that's why I think right, right now, uh, again, box office pro has going back to mission impossible dead reckoning right now. They're saying it's going to open to 65 to 80 million. So keep this in mind. They said 65 to 80 for Dead Reckoning, but they had Indiana Jones at 68 to 102. If the $60 million opening, which is now apparently being reported, I cannot verify, but if that is now indeed true, as I said, expect the Indiana Jones to go down. Seems like that is already happening. Do not be surprised if you see Mission Impossible trend upwards. I definitely think that that is going to happen, and I think it's going to happen uh, quite quite quickly. So... We will have to, of course, wait and see. Again, I cannot verify the number that was said there. That was Stephen uh, says that. But again, I usually Deadline has that as uh, in its analysis, but I did not see that from them. Uh, double back again. Time to say they had to make Extract uh, extract 2 so we could see his boss lady kicking arse. I thought she was fine. I, I honestly thought that she was fine. I thought that 
what they did with her character was 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 okay. They could have definitely been a lot. Um, I still think that because I'm also in the process of rewatching John Wick Four. By the way, this just actually came in today. Uh, let me see if I can find it. So I know some people got their steel books for John Wick Four early. Mine, for some reason, I was looking at the tracking and it had it going from Tennessee to California back to Ten- and I was like, what? Is, what? What kind of trip is this going on? This is insane. Finally got my copy in today, and I love it. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. John Wick Four and again, Lionsgate. So you know they got to have the really cool looking slipcover. I love that they use the plastic slipcovers on their steel books and really, really cool artwork once again. So John Wick Chapter Four on Steelbook. I love it. I love it. And on the giveaways channel, at some point, I will be giving away. I have an extra copy here. So I know that this is going to be a a high commodity because it is already sold out. So yeah, if you are keeping the Bifrost level above on subscribe, star Patreon or locals, you already have access to the discord giveaways channel. And so be on the lookout because that will be one film to give away. I also have got new copies of ran on 4k steelbook. This is still one of my favorite steelbooks. Look at that cover. It's gorgeous. And it's also a phenomenal Kurosawa movie as well. So those will be on the giveaways channel over the next couple weeks. All right, let's see. Brightburn. Time to say, I don't really think 1970s films like Taxi Driver, Mean Streets, Godfather, Death Wish could be made today. Do you? Probably not. Candy T upgraded their membership to the Army of Asgard level. Thank you, Candy T. Appreciate that. Sorry it took me a while to get to y'all super chats, people. But let's see. Automated Showman. Thank you for the $5 super chat. Says they're just a small donation for more rosary materials or whatever else you need. Well, thank you, Automated Showman. I appreciate that. I was able to make some more of those today. Got a lot of materials for the knotted ones, especially. Fluffy Panda. What's going on, Fluffy Panda? He's usually hanging out with us on Saturdays on the Salty Saturday podcast on the Salty Nerd podcast stream. And uh, his super chat is, To your second slice of Hawaiian pizza fund. <laughs> Never. No. The only ever time I would ever, ever even consider eating that garbage again would be if it was for charity. There, there are very few things, and you, knowing me, you know what those things would probably end up being, but there are very few things that I would not do for, for charity. I was willing to put my beard on the line, in fact, but someone uh, chickened out of a arm wrestling competition. Uh, Hardwick says, if you didn't catch the joke in my earlier chat about Craven, it was referencing, I know Hardwick, I got it. I just didn't find it funny. <laughs> Come on, man. Read the room. Steven, I could do a great impression of a hot dog. I got that reference. See, now that's a great reference. Rob D, Dad, say, I have no interest in seeing Indy 5 because for one thing, I already know Harrison Ford will be all, I don't care. They paid me. Yeah, probably. Though I, I have heard that he was okay in the film. At least uh, I think Chris Gore was, was talking about that. Uh, Golden Rage Pop over on Rumble says, Dog is your co-pilot. Yeah, you can see. She's, she's, she's asleep right now. I think I had figured out actually um, how to do this last stream where I could actually make the... Do, 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 can actually make the tag go away. Let me see. Where is it? Rachel! Rachel! Okay, now you can actually see her without me doing anything at all. There it is. There it is. Oh, look at her. Isn't she so cute? Isn't she so cute? Yeah. 
Yeah, that that's Willow. She is just she loves that chair ever since ever since they had access to this room. Uh, she, like she made it her nest, and it's it's adorable. It's just so adorable. I love I love my hounds. All right, back into the YouTube chat. Let us see. Rob D. Blue Beetle will be lucky if it hits twenty five million domestic opening weekend. You know what? I I think it might hit higher. I could see it doing thirties or forties, but you know what? Based on everything that we've been seeing more recently, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I can't wait for those early. Uh, I can't wait for those early numbers to come out for it. Kili Chow had to say, when it comes to Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, I'm not risking having my face melt in the movie theater. Hey, that's a great point. Great reference there too. Yeah, and Victor Fontaine, I wasn't trying to. If it, if it was coming across as as scolding, that was not my. That was not what I was trying to do at all. It's just, I, this is what happens. It's like when people, for instance, with the Captain Marvel situation, right? We were trying to claim, oh, Disney's just buying out theaters left and right. It's like, look, a standard practice for a, uh, one, a standard practice for a studio to have free tickets to give away. This is something that all of them do. Does not mean that that's how the film got to a billion dollars. And the other issue too, was that there were some who were actually going further and some of the evidence that they were showing as someone who actually worked at a theater, I was able to easily explain away because there are indeed rows that you do sell out. You only open them when you need to, you actually need to be able to open them. So just because there happened to be some theaters that had a lot of giveaway tickets where people didn't show up because you know, no one either entered into the giveaway. I mean, it does say, I think that does say a lot about the anticipation for the film, but the film still made a billion dollars. It's not because Disney paid itself hundreds of millions of dollars um, again, there's no evidence really to, to back that up other than what most people, um, what most studios rather tend to. King and Rumsky tagged over on rumble and said blue beetle related to the tick. I don't know. I, I am not sure. I don't have, I'm not an expert on the comics, so that would not be a very good question for me. That would not be a best question for me, please. Double back again. If you enjoyed Affleck's performance again, I don't want to try to take that away from you. I, I can just speak on what 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 I have seen. Uh, Candy Z Val was a good bat. Uh, was a good okay. I get this, and I actually yeah I, I agree with this. Candy T was a good Bruce Wayne, eh, as Batman. Yeah, I mean, I I, I just think that he is a a very good actor, and so that's why I think that's ultimately what your point's trying to make, right? Is that when he is playing the persona of Bruce Wayne. Whether it's comic accurate or not, I have no frame of reference, really. I, I have the frame of reference of Batman the Animated Series because I grew up watching that series. Never was much of a comics person. I've said this consistently on the channel um, at nauseum, I feel sometimes. But for Kilmer, I thought that overall, he was definitely not the worst part of, of the movie. I think that we could all admit that Tommy Lee Jones' Two-Face is probably the worst part of the movie. It's still entertaining, I still find it hilarious because it's hilariously bad, just like Batman and Robin is hilariously bad. Um, but uh, but I, th I think he was actually one of the stronger parts of the film. Let's see. Hardwick. Val Cameron was pretty good, just stuck in a bad movie. I do think Ben Affleck was good, though, except that I wish he did his own bat voice instead of using a digital voice changer. And ultimately, I don't think it would have made a difference, at least for me. Ambrose Chamberpot, what's up? Keely Chow, to be fair, George Clooney was trying to do the Adam West Batman. Uh, was he? Doesn't seem like he was trying at all, to, to be fair. George Clooney was really just acting like George Clooney <laughs> at the end of the day. 
Ravdi says, Odin, your copy of John Wick 4 was delivered to you by plane, train, automobile, bicycle, canoe, donkey, pogo stick, and roller coaster. Enjoy it. It came a long way. It certainly feels like it came a long way. Again, I kind of went into just the, the bare minimum of the journey, and it was just insane. I was like, again, checking the, the tracking, and I'm like, wait, why is it in California? Wait, how did it get to Tennessee again? Wait, how is it in California again? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, but you did mention something. Wait, you mean plane, trains, and automobile? You mean this, this, this movie? What? No. Could not have possibly. Anyway, anyone who was wondering before why my headphones are literally right here, it's because they're they're stacked on on movies. Let's see. Brightburn. People have said that Indy 5 is better than Indy 4, but that's like saying this two-day-old hot dog is better than the food poisoning I've had last month. Yeah. Also, it's like saying, wait, the film is better than a movie that doesn't exist? That's not saying a whole lot. Hardwick. I've heard Ford actually seemed invested in performances. I also got very emotional in a lot of the interviews. Yeah, I mean, whether that's going to be enough, though, I doubt it. Steven says, Even Campia can't sugarcoat the box office for Elemental and Flash. One of the ingest shill I've... One of the cringe... I was supposed to say cringiest. One of the cringiest shills I've ever encountered. Glad to see everyone notice he was a shill when he reviewed The Last Jedi. Yeah, I mean, he's been a shill for, for quite a long time. I've mentioned this previously. I remember when he was on the AMC show, right? AMC Theaters had their own YouTube show, and he was the lead. And I remember being already so annoyed by him because no one was challenging him. He had some of the dumbest takes. I don't even remember what movies he was talking about back then because it was so long ago, but... I just remember being so frustrated because I was like, wait, no one's challenging on this. Why is everyone having the same opinion? And, uh, and yeah, I mean, that was kind of, I guess my earliest experience with shilling because it was clear in, in hindsight, it's very clear that they were all just, uh, you know, giving false praise to a bunch of movies to keep their access, access media. Uh, General Wingster, Odin, you skipped my comment. I really hope that that is true because I really don't want to have to go back to find a comment that was that had a tag. Please don't be trolling me, pet troll. I'm looking. I don't see it. So you have my permission to post it again if 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 I did miss it. Unless you're trolling, in which case, Patui, I spit at you. How dare you! Uh, the R, you can have that opinion, but... Uh, General Wingster, just wait until Mission Impossible hits Korea and Japan. <laughs> just you wait. Just you wait. Just you wait until it hits those countries. You'll see. It's going to do amazing numbers. Gosh, that was so funny. Oh, I loved it. And then guess what? Guess what? Guess, guess what Mario did in Japan? Less than some of the biggest western movies that have come out there it still made a hundred million dollars or close to a hundred million dollars okay that's not anywhere close to record breaking i thought that was home home field advantage home turf and there was a hot i remember every comment every comment when i was talking about the mario box office and i was like don't think that this movie is gonna do insane numbers there they were like just you wait just you wait there's a holiday it's the golden week and this is gonna be their home turf and then all of a sudden it opened it had like a decent opening a fine opening and then ever since then it's like oh it didn't really show up okay come on come on people and it's like i'm already admitting to the point that obviously i was wrong in my prediction so it's like <laughs> 
there's, there's no need to try to go the extra mile with that. Because <laughs> now you're looking bad at this point. Let's see. Brightburn Titus. I feel like George Clooney could have channeled Adam West, though, if he had been ordered to, just like Jim Carrey was trying to be Frank Gorshin. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Had he been directed to, had he tried to. Um, but yeah. Steven, where did you go back? Where do you go back to school to teach? Curious to know what you notice is so different. When do you go back to school? Different high school now opposed to when you were in high school. I mean, well, I graduated in 07 uh, from high school and I started teaching about, let me try and think. I think I'm now entering into my ninth year of teaching my eighth or ninth year of teaching. I can never remember that because school years are obviously, since they're not full years in my head, it's always just tough to be able to differentiate between them. So I want to say I'm, I'm now going into my, my ninth or 10th year of overall teaching and I'm turning 35 this year. So I've been teaching since I was in my twenties, since I was in my probably like late twenties, I can't math very well right now mentally. Mid twenties, no, yeah, mid twenties. Mid twenties is I've been in my mid twenties, um, and it, it is interesting, and it is something that I have always. There's always every single year where I think to myself, "Wow, I just again I see so many of the personality traits that I had uh, continuing on." But also, I feel like I've been a very consistent person for most of my life. Again, I've changed on certain things whether it be complete political values, finding my faith when I was in college, like end of high school, going into college, finding finding the faith for myself, finding my calling, my vocation when I was in my 20s uh, to teach. That was something that I had not always planned to do. But, uh, but yeah. Let's see. We got Shen Hong says, just wait until Elemental hits Uganda. <laughs> exactly. Shen Hong, like that's the same kind of logic that, that they were trying to use, right? It's like, hey, just wait until it hits this country. It's like, that's not a guarantee of anything. Just just like it's been proven that just because Mario is a giant IP in Japan does not mean people are going to buy movie tickets. And oh, wait, what happened in Japan? Oh, oh, it didn't break. Oh, okay. It did about an average Western movie there. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Again, it did fine. It didn't flop there. It didn't do terrible there. But average Western release? That's nowhere near the... High hills that people were saying. Joe Wingster, that was my comment you skipped. I reposted it there, so I can be truthful sometimes, not really. Again, I don't even know if that's being honest, General Wingster. Uh, Brightburn, Quentin Tarantino has said that he wasn't a big fan of Alfred Hitchcock, but he was a big fan of the Psycho 2 director, and Roger Ebert said Psycho 3 is better than Psycho 2. Well, you know what that must mean. <laughs> Uh, Steven says, did you ever had to break up a high school fight before? Um, I'm going to do the sign of the cross right now and say, luckily that has never been an issue. It's one of the benefits of working in a private school, uh, working in religious school, right? Uh, Catholic education. It's not perfect. And there are plenty of issues, but luckily that, that is not one of them. And, um, I'm very, very thankful. Hardwick says, to be fair, when Aquaman hit China, is when it became a billion-dollar movie. Well, I guess the uh, the issue, though, is I remember when that film came out, and I remember uh, following the the tracking for that movie, and I remember that it was it, it was beyond just 
what what China was doing. Let me go ahead and see if I can actually pull up those numbers just so that way I can have a a complete frame of, of reference. The one thing that the numbers really needs to find is a way of allowing for partial matches instead of having to make you, you know, put in the entire data all over again. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, China did account for roughly $300 million um, of, of its overall numbers. But again, I do think that the film was actually doing quite well. The movie itself came out in China. So the reason why I just I think it's the wording of what you said that I disagree with, because it's not like the film was doing fine and then it released in China. The movie released December 6th in China. It released in a lot of other countries later on. And so it was doing really well in China already when the rest of the world came out to play. So I think the better way to word it would be, well, without China, the film wouldn't have hit a billion dollars. That would be true. Uh, but the way that it was worded was not correct. Let's see. Uh, Steven says, you coming to Vegas or Los Angeles anytime soon or traveling this summer? I've already traveled. I already traveled to Dallas. That's an 11-hour drive, and that's pretty much my limit. Um, there's nothing happening in Vegas that would make me go to Vegas, so that's not going to happen. California, even less. There's really nothing going on as far as what we have. Uh, at least I'm not aware of any plans. So I, I'm pretty sure my traveling for the summer is done. Um, I, I could have gone to North Carolina, but it just didn't work out. The event itself was really not my cup of tea. I know that Gary loves that stuff, but it wasn't my cup of tea. And the price for it, I don't know if this was just a late ticket price or what the deal was, but the conference was, when I looked at it, the conference was listed as like $500 for the event. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Even if I had that kind of money, I wouldn't be spending it on that. Uh, so unfortunately that didn't work out though. And again, I, I think they had a really good time. So kudos to them. Um, you know, each of us have, have our passions in life, but so yeah, because the only other thing that I'm aware of is I know that there is some plan to do anime Matsuri, but unfortunately that is, I know that everyone claims that summertime, but August is when school starts up. And so I have meetings that start up at the very beginning of August. So um, June and July are the only months that I have most of the time to to be able to do this kind of stuff. So probably won't. So unless Geeks and Gamers decides to do an Orlando meetup during July, and I don't think that's going to happen, um, unless that were to happen, then I'm probably not going to do any more traveling as far as that's concerned. I am going to be going to St. Louis, but I'm going with family. So no, no time for anything else there. General Wingster, Odin, would I lie to you? The way you should have been like, would I lie? Name that movie. Vespa, that should help. Vespa, my darling, come to me. Oh, Vespa, would I lie? Rob D, I'm honestly not sure why people still expect Japan to have huge box office numbers for non-Japan produced anime series films. Rob D, I know. Remember when people were calling me crazy when I was calling that out? Saying, this is not an anime, and animes are the films that do really, really well. Homegrown Japanese films are the films that do really, really well. And hey, no matter how much you try to say Mario is a Japanese product, this film is being released by Illumination, is being released by Universal. Therefore, it is a Western release. And wait, what happened again? Oh, it did exactly what I said it was going to do in that market. Yes, I was still wrong. And yes, I still ate the pineapple on pizza. Despite what people say, I did eat it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, um, but on that point... I, I will I will hold my flag and say nope. People were wrong. 
Fudge. What's up, Fudge? Have you seen the India film? RRR. Yes, I did. And uh, it was fun. It was fun. Not perfect, but fun. Brightburn. Just curious if you would watch Psycho 1, 2, or 3, or would you watch Psycho? I love Psycho 1. Psycho 1's fantastic. It's a thriller. I love thrillers. Um, it's a classic. It's, it's Hitchcock. I love Hitchcock films. I've had no desire to ever watch uh, Psycho 2 or 3. I, I just, I just, <laughs> for me, I am all about Hitchcock. And so anything after that, I know that there's like books and, and everything. And I know that the main actor was a part of the, the projects too and everything. I just, I just don't have a lot of interest in it. Um, so that, that's something that who knows, maybe one day, someday right now, my main focus is trying to get through Babylon five. I've been watching that binge watching that, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, so thank y'all to everyone who has been uh, supporting that or watching through it as well as I have. And to the, uh, we got 49 people still watching. I imagine some people have kind of transferred over to, uh, Tuesday night's night, Tuesday night's main event as I know that they are starting earlier now than what they had in the past, but you know, that's okay. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Brightburn, I'm kind of looking forward to two animated projects for DC, Batman, Cape Crusader, and My Adventures of Superman. Okay. Yeah, I've always heard good things uh, from the animated side of things. I've heard that DC has done some pretty good things in that. Um, Yaris Major Nerd, all hail Dark Helmet. Yes, there it is. Space balls. Well, there goes the planet. R.I.P. Ray Stevenson. Absolutely. Here we go. Hardwick. In the book, Norman Bates was middle-aged, overweight, and balding. Hitchcock wanted to cast against type with a friendly-looking boyish actor. And it was fantastic, and it was a great choice. And I love Hitchcock still. So, anyway. Uh, we're going to go ahead, then, and wrap things up as we are just about at time. However, um, since we are now at 27,000 27, subscribers as a way of celebrating... We're going to do a, a small little uh, giveaway, all right? And so um, we will go through quickly the giveaway. You plan to watch Ahsoka, says Steven. I think I might have to. I think it's going to be homework at some point. Um, but uh, I'm not looking forward to it. But anyway, so we're going to do a giveaway and let the people in the chat who have entered giveaways before kind of guide y'all through the process. So as you see, Hardwick has already, because I feel like he's always waiting for these, uh, he has already checked his cookie count. So when you watch my streams, you actually get digital cookies. It, it just, it keeps track of how long you're watching. Uh, I have a bot that does that. It's not anything creepy. It's just, again, there are plenty of bots that do this. Um, and it gives you free digital cookies for every bit of time that you watch the stream. And so... Uh, because of that, you are then able to use those digital cookies whenever I do giveaways, and I do those uh, maybe once a quarter. I don't know why I'm wording it that way, but I'm going to stick with it. Once a quarter or so, uh, a few times a year, I do channel-wide giveaways. I do a ton of giveaways on my giveaways channel on Discord, which you can get access to if you are the key of the Bifrost level or above on specifically Patreon, Subscribe, Star Locals. Those are the only three places where those are accessible there. And if you are a keeper of the Bifrost level on those platforms and you don't have access to it, uh, you can check uh, the pinned comments on those platforms or just message me. I can try and get you set up. But anyway, all that being said, we're going to get this giveaway started off. And don't worry, you can't enter in yet. So, Stephen, I'll let you know how to enter in. But first, I wanted to go through that process in the beginning. But these are the three options. So when you enter in, you're entering in to win one of these three. And it's going to be an order of whoever wins first gets first dibs, gets first choice of the film that they want. But I think that they're three solid choices and they're all three on 4K. 
Um, in the case of all of them, in fact, they come with the 4K edition and a standard Blu-ray. And so if you have not updated or upgraded to 4K yet, as far as your player is concerned, don't worry. They all come with a Blu-ray edition as well. And two of them, um, actually all three should, but if for any reason they don't, then at least two of them come also with a digital copy code as well. But the three films that are going to be featured in this giveaway are a 4K steelbook copy of They Live... Lovely, lovely film. Very, very appropriate for this time as well. Horror master John Carpenter from Halloween and the Think. Love this movie. Fantastic. And I'm all out of bubblegum. The other film available for the giveaway is also Kubo and the Two Strings on 4K Steelbook. This is currently Baby Thor's, uh, one of his favorite movies. So right now he's obsessed with My Neighbor Totoro. Of course, he's still obsessed with Star Wars, but now he's also obsessed with this film. This is probably the best film that Leica Studio has ever done. Stop-motion animation with claymation. Uh, they've also the same studio that did Coraline. Um, this film is fantastic, though. The story is is so good, and uh, the visuals are beautiful, too. So this is definitely a solid choice, and it's good not just for kids and families, but really for anyone that appreciates Really, really good filmmaking. And this will just be, unfortunately, I know that I got some Rebel and Odyssey people, but this will just be a YouTube exclusive giveaway. Um, and then the last one option that is available, this is a non-steelbook uh, option, but it is a 4K edition. This is the Amazon exclusive edition of this film, and that is the John Wick Chapter 4 with lenticular cover. So those are the three options. So when you're entering in, you're entering in a chance to win any of these three. And then once the winners are chosen, it'll be... Uh, winner's choice so don't essentially don't enter in just for one because if that one gets chosen and then you get chosen as a winner then we have to go through the process of well i don't really want any of those movies give it to somebody else and i don't like i don't like going through that process and you know willow doesn't like it either she's 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 tired all right let me go ahead and get my bot set up so that we can get this giveaway started all right, so this is for the blu-ray uh the ticket cost will be 50 digital cookies Let's reset this real quick. All right. So the giveaway has now begun. So if you look at Heimdall, you will see that he has laid out the instructions. So if you're on YouTube, giveaway for Blu-ray started for this for one of the three Blu-rays that I've just presented to you. The entry cost is 50 cookies. Um, you can get 100 tickets. So each ticket is worth 50 cookies. So if you do not have a certain number of cookies appropriate to the number of tickets you want to get, it will not work. So for instance, right now, Hardwick has entered in for 100. So he put exclamation point enter, a space, and then 100, which means that he is entering in to a story. Uh, he entered in that incorrect the first time. So let me highlight General Winkster instead. So it's enter exclamation point space, and then the number of tickets that you want to get. So General Wingster has entered in for 100 tickets. So that's 50 cookies per ticket. So you do the math on that. You can check your cookie count by doing exclamation point cookies. I think that's the one that you do. Yeah, exclamation point cookies. You can check your cookie count. And make sure that you do not put in over the amount that you have. If you put in over, it will not register. It will not register. So I will let you know if you have had your tickets... Accepted. So right now I have General Winkster in for 100, Hardwick in for 100, Candy T in for 100, Orange Hat Reviews in for 100, and Kimberly G in for 100 as well. And again, if you enter in for more than what you have, 
it will not register. Dan Crane, I got you in for 100. I got you in for a hundy. King and Rumsey says, those cookies remind me, chocolate chip cookie dough is the best ice cream. Uh, agree to disagree. It's a great ice cream. It's a fantastic ice cream, but cookies and cream is better. And I do have some cookies and cream ice cream waiting for me after the stream is over. So, anyway. So, to enter in, it's enter exclamation point and then the number. So, do exactly what Dan Crane did here if you have those number of cookies. So, again, that's 100 tickets he's bought, 50 cookies per ticket. So, can't do the quick math on that, but what is that, 5,000 5, or so? Uh, Cthulhu, not interested in this time, but applaud your generosity to our, our, toward your audience. I wish I could do more of these. I really do. Um, I always love doing it. If you want to check your cookies, do what Frank G did. Um, the max number, Stephen, the max number is 100. So 20,000 will not register, even if you had the amount of tickets, <laughs> even if you had the amount of cookies that you would need. <laughs> the max number is 100. <laughs> So again, if you want to enter in, because uh, yeah, make sure it's a lower. I know it's it's silly, but make sure Frank it's a lowercase e for the enter. Because right now, General Wingster, I still have Hardwick, Candy T, Orange Chat, Kimberly G, and Dan Crane. I have each of y'all in for a hundy. So again, make sure it's a lowercase e on the enter. So again, just like. Dan Crane, if you have the amount to put in 100, you have to put it in just like Dan Crane has put in. I know so many boomers. So many boomers. See, Carl, Carl, you 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 uppercased it. <laughs> All right, Steven, I got you in for 100. I got you in for 100. You you got it with this one, the the one at 840. You you got it right with this one. So it's enter exclamation point and then a space after the exclamation point, 100. Carl, I have you in as well. Boom, you did it. You did it. it. I'm proud of y'all. I'm so proud of y'all. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to give y'all a few more seconds to check out and figure this out. And if you don't get it this time, hey, there's always next time. Um, again, I usually try to do it about once a quarter if I can. But most of the films that I get in extra copies for, I, I try to uh, focus specifically on the Keeper of the Bifrost level people so that they have access over there. All right. The R, I got you in as well. All right. So we're going to go ahead and end this thing. I've given people enough time to try to figure it out. So we're going to end this thing in three, two, and one. It is closed. It is closed. No more entries, as Heimdall says. The giveaway has stopped. You can no longer enter. If you've not able to enter, I'm sorry. I did everything I could. I'm sorry. All right. All right. Let us see what we can do here. All right. So, our first winner of the evening, and the person who gets the first dibs tonight, is Orange Chat Reviews. Orange Chat Reviews, claim your prize. Claim your prize, Orange Hat Reviews. You have been chosen. You have been chosen. Orange Hat com coming in here. Doesn't get enough giveaways as it is. Let's keep it the Bifrost level. 
<laughs> Are you sure or in chat? Because I, I am going to be giving away the, the 4K Steelbook edition of it as well. But this is just the regular 4K. But hey, Orange Chat wants Jama Chapter 4. So boom, it is yours. It is yours, good sir. All right. So, our next winner is, oh, nice, Carl. Carl, claim your prize. Claim your prize, Carl. So, I've got these two movies left. I've got Kubo and They Live, both on 4K Steelbook. So, Carl, claim your prize. And by the way, if you have never won a giveaway before, uh, please, if you are a winner, email me at odinsmovieblog at gmail.com, odinsmovieblog at gmail.com. I think you can also get to me at uh, the email odin at ombreviews.com. Check out the top link in the video description for my uh, link tree. My email is listed there. Uh, Carl, once they live, you got it, brother. You got it. So just email me if you want. If you are on Discord, you can DM me on Discord as well. All I need is just where to send it to. Don't worry, I do not share any address information. But uh, Carl, congratulations, man, on winning They Live. So just email me as soon as possible with a shipping address so that I can try and get that out in the mail tomorrow. All right, and our last winner, getting Kubo in the two strings, which is a solid, solid choice, is the R. The R, claim your prize. The R, claim your prize. Don't make things difficult, the R. Kubo and the Two Strings. Are you pleased with this victory of Kubo? It's a fantastic film if you've never seen it, by the way. Again, I've now seen it several times because Baby Thor is obsessed with it, and I'm always very thankful that Baby Thor tends to have very good taste in movies because I don't mind watching this one several times over. I don't mind watching uh, My Neighbor Totoro many, many times over, etc., the R says, yay, boom, there we go. All three winners have been chosen. Congratulations. Congratulations, everybody. If you have been a winner, uh, please, again, email me, odinsmovievelog at gmail.com. Check out the top link in the video description if you need help with that. The R entered at literally the last second, says Orange Chat Reviews. Yeah, <laughs> it's always amazing how those things happen in that way. But that was a lot of fun. Seriously, guys, thank you all so very much for being a part of the 27,000 of the 27,000. Um, uh, Steven, you can buy it. I'm sorry. The, that That's all I have as far as the, the giveaways um, are, are concerned. So, again... If you are one of the winners, please contact me. Uh, let me know where to ship it. Orange Chat Reviews, I already got your info, man. So I will uh, definitely do that. Uh, Steven, the giveaway is over, man. I'm sorry. I know you I know you wanted a lot. The, so again, the only steelbook I have to give away, I only have one copy, and it's going to be given away to one member of the Keeper of the Bifrost level and above. And again, that's, that's through, uh, that is going to be through Discord. There's a, there's a giveaway channel on Discord. That's only for Keeper of the Bifrost level, people and above, and there's only one copy. So there's no guarantee of anyone winning that one. So, anyway, let's see. General Winkster says, I'm using my platform to say cookies and cream is crap and Odin was bought off. Good night, everybody. <laughs> uh, I love you, brother. But that's going to be it for me, everybody. Uh, again, thank you, everyone watching on Rumble on Odyssey. Abomination says, Baby Thor, good taste in movies, bad taste in pizza toppings. A yes, that is a fact, Abomination. 
His his pizza taste is awful. It is garbage. But you know what? At least he has good taste in movies. So anyway, with all of that being said, thank you all very much for being here. Before heading over, please make sure to smash the like button, lap the fire button on Odyssey, and smash the rumble button as well. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And uh, yeah, this is great. Uh, I will have a morning stream tomorrow. Good morning, Asgard podcast tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And also, I don't know exactly if it's going to be a stream or a video, but I should be doing something tomorrow after that stream with WW Pro, uh, another great box office, um, another box, bo- another great box office uh, analyst, uh, Steven, Again, last time I'm going to say it, man. You got to be a member on Patreon, Subscribestar, or Locals to get access to the channel on Discord. So, again, I'm not trying to force anyone over there to do that, but I'm just saying for this one copy, and again, I only have one copy, so I don't want to pressure you to become a member there and then not win. Because I can't guarantee it. It's completely random uh, who wins there. So, again, I just want to... (laughs) It's just oh my gosh, yeah, Frank G, exactly. At least nobody won that copy of The Woman King, yeah. (laughs) Gosh. Anyway, that's going to be it. That's going to be a wrap for me tonight, everybody. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and as always, God bless. And now for a huge special shout out to all of my June Patreon, Subscribestar, and Locals members at the Keeper of the Bifrost level and above. Starting off first with Patreon, Father Luca Illich, Hymir Irie Hymason, Garrett Searles, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Orange Hat Reviews, you can check it over at his YouTube channel, Orange Hat Reviews, Laura, the Modern Major General Story, Rosetta Allen, who you can check it at her YouTube channel of Eagle Rider, and Miss Martin Muses, who you can check it at her YouTube channel by the same name as well. Also to my subscribe star peeps, Matt317, check out his Twitch channel by the same name, Fast Reaction, The R, Mr. Roy, J-Rod, The Beer Guru, and Man, who you can check out over at xtheboundaries.co. And lastly, to my locals members, Miss Minnesota hockey fan, how about a hockey player? J.H. Schwalbach and Robert Barnes, the amazing lawyer. And again, thank you all very much for being my supporters. If you want your name, shout out at the end of every live stream and every video. Check out the top link in the video description below. You also can get access to things like a giveaway channel where I give away Blu-rays, 4K steelbooks, all kinds of stuff every single, um, you know, every, you know, most weeks in the month, I try to give away something or at the very least towards the end of the month, I will make it up with several giveaways. Basically, most people are guaranteed to walk away with something. Uh, at the end of every single month. So if you want access to that, again, check out the top link in the video description below, as well as access to an exclusive podcast. This past month, I was actually able to record a uh, great podcast with Michelle from Force of Light Entertainment. So if you want access to that and also a plethora of other content, check out the link in the video description below. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.